Good afternoon, our fellow MedVet listeners. This is Keith Palmer coming at you from the Cameron Social Studios. And today we had the opportunity of speaking with Margaret O'Donnell from um, Rutgers University and is the alma mater of, of Marcus. Yes, yeah. So I'm excited to uh, have Margaret on the show today. I haven't seen her in quite some years. Um, I, I initially met Margaret my junior year when I was at Rutgers University. Um, she was working for the Rutgers Business School, which is fairly new um, as I was graduating. But what her role was was basically advocating for veterans who were transitioning from the military to the college area, um, making them more aware of the benefits that schools like, like Rutgers have to offer and the programs that they can be involved with to help them grow and succeed. So what value do you think that she can bring to our MedVet listeners? Oh, just a lot. They, they're going to have to listen up for that, but okay. a whole lot of value, definitely. Got it. Okay. Well, thank you for inviting Margaret on, and we you know, look forward to having a great conversation with her. Absolutely. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. <laughs> One thing I, I just want to I want to give you warning on, right? So KP, he is a, an old school veteran, like you know he he um. So I do give him some banter back and forth of just of <laughs> how to do it the right way. So. <laughs> and he, and he gives me some you know young buck young buck uh facts facts of life like for one marriage and we'll get there right. So I, I listened to one of your podcasts just uh-huh. to get a feel for it, and I heard a discussion about marriage. <laughs> Okay, so all right, well, cats out the bag. <laughs> no, we'll we'll make sure to touch upon everything. But um, hey, I just want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today on this wonderful afternoon. We are here with Margaret O'Donnell from the Rutgers Business School. So, of course, many of you know that I attended Rutgers University. I got the chance of meeting Margaret during my last two years there at Rutgers. Um, I know they had a bunch of programs that they're really trying to get uh, Rutgers veterans involved with was the um, new business school that Rutgers was opening. And Margaret was the, uh, I think you were the key coordinator for for that program and just helping veterans get involved in knowing about the knowledge and resources. So that's how me and Margaret got connected. And um, years, some years have went by since I last um, left Rutgers, but I'm very glad to have you on the show today, Margaret. So thank you very much. I'm thrilled to be here and I appreciate the opportunity to share with all your listeners what we've been doing at Rutgers Business School well, the past couple of years. I'm excited to learn too. Yeah. Well, Marcus has kind of filled me in a little bit. Can you share with me and our listeners a little bit more about what you do with Rutgers? Sure. So in 2015, we ran a program called the Rutgers Mini MBA Business Management for Military and Veterans. And I was asked to be the program manager on it because I was the person who had a little bit of uh, military life in me. I didn't serve myself, but I was a military spouse. Mm-hmm. And um, I brought that, you know, to the table. After running that just one time, our ranking as uh, Best for Vets Business School jumped from number 15 to number three. And it really got on our dean's radar 
um, to say, if we could do that much with Margaret running one program, what could we do if we dedicated more resources and dedicated them across the school, not just in our executive education non-credit programs? So by 2017, my job title had changed to manager of military and veteran engagement programs. And I get to work with students across the whole spectrum, whether they're undergraduate, graduate, um, whether they're you know pre-admit, just looking at schools, um, current students, alumni. Um, but the really cool thing that I also get to do is that we're a business school. We serve mm -hmm. businesses too. Mm -hmm. So I get to work with businesses on things like veteran hiring initiatives, employee resource groups, and military cultural competency for their civilian employees to help understand the veteran hires a bit better. Okay. Every well, business needs a Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> Every business needs that. Well, you know, most um, veterans join for different reasons. One of the reasons I joined was because of the GI, the GI Bill. Um, I knew I didn't have money for college, and I did hear about the GI Bill from different recruiters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I went in, it was, you know, the mid-90s. I'll, I'll date myself a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, I, I served my country for four years, and then I knew I wanted to go to college right after. And, you know, I took advantage of the GI Bill, but having a program like this, I think would have been very beneficial to me because I went to the University of Houston um, in uh, Houston, Texas. And it was those, these programs were not readily available or they weren't um, kind of at the forefront of the university. And so hearing what, what you're doing right now and then having Marcus really applaud what you're doing, you know, it said a lot. You know, there were big changes um, to the GI Bill um, post 9-11. It was really designed to help people serve and then go and get, um, you know, pretty much a bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the post 9-11 era, they realized that there were other things that people could enhance their military experience with in terms of education that weren't strictly degree programs. So certainly we provide that and we do that very well. But we also have gotten into these certificate programs, these mini MBAs that are shorter term, quicker hit, if you will, um, quick, you know, quick uh, to have an impact. And that has really made a difference. And it has helped people who thought they didn't want to come back for a degree either to really get their, you know, toe dipped in the water and realize it's not so bad in there. Um, I can do this. Um, but uh, it was real intimidating for people to take on the idea of a degree program at first. So they took this mini program and um you know got them going yeah no it is and just going so let's let back to the gi bill so i i kind of got involved with the gi bill too but at the time when i was in back in 2008 mm -hmm. it was um it was just the gi bill it wasn't the post 9 11 yet they were they were in that cusp of the transition so the last year i got out i think it was just yeah the post 9 11 and um so i I just want to know, Mark, do you think there's going to be any more evolutions or changes to the post 9-11 or will there be another bill just in the near future, maybe given to how, you know, some schools are, are virtual now? Do you think that can possibly play a role into uh, revamping the program or just m making some minor changes to it? So that may be the case. Right mm -hmm. now, we're in a time period that's very unusual. Yeah. We went suddenly to um, almost entirely virtual programming and not just at Rutgers University, but you know across oh, the country. Okay. 
and the um, the folks at the VA did make accommodations to change okay. anything that was supposed to be in person and went suddenly virtual to be approved as if it were in person. Um, so that that you know that was definitely a good change. And one other change that has been in the works, and I don't know the current status of it right now because it's you know things are happening fast. Um, mm -hmm. But for people who were pursuing STEM majors, they were expanding the time allotment um, uh, for them to get through oh, their wow. degree program. Often when people come out of the service, they've been, you know, uh, like you are KP, in mm -hmm. um, a situation where they've been out of school for a couple of years, you know, so they come out of the service and they need some refreshers, need to get back up on, you know, especially things like math, you know, really mm -hmm. get back into the groove. So they don't pick up where they left off. They need like a little bit, um, you know, take a, a baby step back first. So they were using up a lot of their GI Bill time taking mm -hmm. um, classes that got them back up to speed. And they really needed to be in advanced math by the time they were, you know, graduating. So the STEM accommodation is something that's been in the works. It's been really great. Um, Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey was very instrumental in that. He's been very supportive of our feedback um, and taking that, you know, national. So um, that's one of the changes I definitely see forthcoming with the GI Bill. That, that makes me happy. Yeah. You know, what, what's funny is Marcus asks, hey, did you get any kind of housing benefits? I was like, hell no. <laughs> you know, only thing we got was just, you know, um, it was uh, applied to our education, but we weren't getting anything for housing or, you know, he probably was getting, you know, reimbursement for his clothing and no, everything no, else, no. you know. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, no, everything I ha I was getting was, you know, applied to my education, but mm -hmm. yeah, nothing to housing. No, and I would say that one of one of the main reasons why I decided to choose Rutgers was because of all the resources they have for veterans. And that 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 is a huge thing on its own because they weren't, I wouldn't say, it, you know, you get out of the military, it's uh, all right, go do this, go do this, go see this person. So it was more of a navigational handholding, just, hey, you should be doing this. And then everyone, like from the faculty, like Margaret to the students, we're there just to help you. Like, you should be doing this. You need to go talk to this person. If you want to do this, you really need to be involved here. I mean, there were times, I, I remember one time they had a program where like they had businesses, local businesses within New Jersey come and just meet some of the veterans like Johnson and Johnson and stuff like that. So it's, it's programs like that that just help you as a veteran feel one connected to the community and then feel compelled to want to grow and, and make that transition from military to college. A lot of schools did not do that <laughs> at all. So kudos to my alma mater, right? <laughs> I want to look back and see what the University of Houston is doing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've been we've been very fortunate. Certainly the the business community around mm -hmm. us has been extremely supportive and they want to come in, they want to hire our students and our student veterans. And they come in, um, people from their, you know, veteran employee resource groups or from their veteran hiring initiatives. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I don't let them off the hook with just coming in and telling about, you know, their internship and employment opportunities. I ask them to bring a little bit more to the table. So we've had a number of professional development meetings. Um, that's, what, that's what we've called them, but they're little educational components that come along with their sales pitch, if you will, to come mm. to their organization. So we have companies come in and talk about things like 
um, LinkedIn profiles and what they do with them and why it's important for people to have theirs updated. Um, we've had people come in and talk about um, you know, resumes um, mm-hmm. and how to better express what your military experience means to the business community. Um, one of my favorites of all time was technical interviews. Um, we had someone from Suez Water come in and do that one, and she and I mocked up an interview. We didn't tell anybody that I was going to be the disaster interview, mm-hmm. um, so my students were not expecting it at all. But um, and we poured it on. We gave every bad interview example um, <laughs> possible. Um, so we had a lot of fun with it. But those kind of things are memorable. Um, mm-hmm. So they they learned some of the not you know. Uh, what not to do is from from my example and then she went on to tell them what they what they could and should do instead so those are the kind of things that we're trying to arm our students with mm-hmm. so that they don't just leave with a degree but they leave with a network yep. and experience and the skills that they need to interview successfully identify um, you know careers and jobs and industries that they want to work in and then do well once they're there Got it. Hey, Margaret, can you can you explain to, to me and the listeners your perspective of working with veterans? What makes us such a unique collective group to work with? Or oh not if we're not unique, not in a good way, the worst way, whatever, you know, because some people <laughs> may hate working with veterans. It's rare. But, you know, what what do you like about working? No, with I. I love working with with veterans on the military connected uh, community. Um, I I mean, in in so many different ways, you know, um, certainly their dedication to education, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they come in wanting it. Um, it wasn't just what they were going to do as soon as they graduated high school. They've, they've worked for this, you know? Um, so I love the, the drive, um, that they're so interested in having a quality experience. You know, they want to get the most out of it and they take everything, you know, really seriously. Um, I certainly get, get treated uh, very well um, because they are certainly polite. My bag is always carried if I ask for it. Um, although I always tell them, no, no, this is, this is me rocking. I got to rock every day, just like you did, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, great, great group of people um, mm. to be working with. And, and truly like, I feel like that is, you know, they served my country. I mm-hmm. can serve them. And I've always said things like, you don't, you don't pick up a fight here. If there's something to fight, I got this one, you know, you fought everywhere else in the world. You're not going to do it here to get, you know, a grade or a benefit or, um, you know, uh, a registration accommodation, whatever. I got this Mm -hmm. one, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I do love my veterans. (laughs) Veterans having to fight and then after the fight still coming to fight. Right. Because I think that's kind of one of the things that KP you're very passionate about too. Right. So, Mm like even urging um, one of KP's initiatives right now are urging hospitals that we work with to to open up veteran programs, right? Just to see what other, if not our business, but what other veteran owned businesses out there in the local community that can service these needs that the bigger companies don't need to really be involved with. Or if a bigger company is gonna be involved on the contract, they should reach out to other veteran owned businesses and say, hey, we know that you're in the local area, uh, Jersey or Dallas area. Would you like to help us with this contract? And just to really give help those veteran-owned businesses and individuals get a lift. Mm-hmm. And, and, and um, so that, that's a super yeah. passion of KPs that we really hit home with what Mark said. But go ahead, Kate. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't want to. This can be like hey, a yeah. four-hour topic <laughs> for me. 
Um, but it's really, I look at it as, you know, these, you know, um, hospital surgery centers that are nonprofit. If you're considered a nonprofit facility, you should want to do more within your community. Mm -hmm. And so I understand private hospitals, you know, they are, may not be willing to work with veterans and others in the community. But if you're a nonprofit, you're not paying taxes, your money not going towards, you know, high schools or law enforcement or anything else like that. You should say, hey, you know what, let me work with other veteran programs. Another thing that, you know, we talked about is, you know, even in the healthcare community, if you're a, a veteran, they should be able to come to the hospital for an ER visit or urgent care or something, and then let the politicians work it out on the back end, mm -hmm. you know, um, but yeah, that's just, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, but I don't want to take up all the space right now. It, you know, there's something very relevant that's going on in New Jersey. Um, we have a New Jersey State Veteran Chamber of Commerce, mm -hmm. and they are um, advocates for enforcement of the set aside for veteran owned businesses. Wow. So they're saying, hey, you know, um, if we're saying that it should be a 3% or a 6% of every contract, mm -hmm. um, wh where is it, you know, and for for veteran businesses that are not um, considered qualified, and that's why that that's how um, they weren't considered for the three to six percent um, mm -hmm. of the contract. The Chamber of Commerce is helping them to get to the point where they would be a qualified um, bidder mm. for that. Um, so we're really progressive here in the state about doing that. Um, and the the chamber has been phenomenal to work with from you know from my point of view as an educational institution, but also what I'm observing in their interface with the business community. Um, but the other That's thing excellent. is that you mentioned about um, the hospitals. Mm -hmm. Robert Wood Johnson uh, Hospital in New Brunswick has been um, amazing to veterans. They have an employee resource group that they actually will take any veteran anywhere in um, in their hospital system. And it, it's a hospital is actually very reflective of how the military is structured. Mm -hmm. They have someone who does everything. They have people in food service, janitorial. They have a CEO, financial people, supply chain, you know, they've got, mm -hmm. they've got it all. And anyone who's been identified as a veteran could be called on to step away from their day job and just sit with someone, a veteran who comes in alone into the ER, for instance, just hang with them until their family or some other advocate, you know, can, wow. can be by their side and they could get pulled from their CEO role. They could get pulled from their janitorial role. Um, just to have a veteran by their side. And I think that's very meaningful. And I even had a chance to tell their president how impressed I was by that. Wow. Yeah, that is amazing. See, that's why I shouldn't have moved Jersey, man. I should have, <laughs> I should have not left Jersey because- We'd it is, love to it, have you back. <laughs> it's progressive, man. And Dallas, oh. Dallas is not with it. <laughs> wow, that is amazing. Wow, that is great, Margaret. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. I did not know and I wasn't aware. I was definitely out of the loop. Man, Texas is not progressive and that aspect. <laughs> Well, we can help. Make, we can help them out. Just you know. Yeah. No, you, I you agree. Make the change. Yeah. Right now, I'm, I'm going to start looking up for Veterans Team of Commerce. We <laughs> have one no, here I in agree. Texas or the the Dallas Fort Worth area. No, it's and it and it's just funny because you know, you don't know about the resources until you're either connected or you know you know who like like I was saying you have to know either where to go to get information, who to talk to, or be involved with a program that's that's out there willing to help, such as the program at Rutgers, right? Yeah. A lot of veterans, you know, when I was even going through the basic training, and sorry, I'm going, I'm going my uh, storyboard for a second. But I was in basic, 
complaining and some of the some of the members weren't even electing to take the GI bill because they just wanted the extra money. And I only listened to you, KP, because I was like, man, it does sound good to get the extra money, right? Because I'm like, where is this money going mm-hmm. that I can't touch it or I have to do it? But luckily, it's going to be magically there for school. So I didn't really understand that concept, right? But I took your advice and I checked to elect and I think I'm thankful that I did that. I haven't taken all of your advice in the military, but that advice right there, brother, that was as good as gold. And, and you know, for me, that was probably my first investment mm-hmm. because that $100 per month, and you weren't getting paid a whole lot in the military. Well, back when I was in, I'm not, I'm sure you guys are doing really well right now. But, you know, when I was in, in the mid-90s, $900 per month was not pretty. Yeah. But it was a sacrifice and an, uh, an investment, you know, toward my future. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and I think that they need more people out there to advocate, like even during the transition programs. Because um, I wasn't really aware of what school I wanted to go to at the time when I was like, deciding to do my um my out processing right mm-hmm. i didn't think about that until like it was all said and done i'm home now i'm looking for colleges but i, I think it would have been cool if they had like representatives come out for or or they had veteran friendly schools. yeah de- veteran friendly like these are the top 10 mm-hmm. and this is why military members can start thinking about this before they get out right do you want to be an entrepreneur okay well this is a program you should be involved with before you get out the military like a counselor mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, you guys are speaking my language. I heard someone say, you know, your education is an investment. I heard prepare, you know, for a year or so um, before you get out. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Yeah, that was all me. So, (laughs) yeah, but no, um, I I think it's it's useful. And and some of the programs you mentioned, uh, Margaret, definitely uh, there should be a lot more bigger companies doing what you're doing. And so I really thank you for that. And it's greatly appreciated all that you're doing. For, well, they for they come to me and I put out anything that they're that they're doing. Um, you know, in um, the past couple of weeks, I've got certainly certainly veterans are on uh, my mind every day. But mm-hmm. um, for for the corporate world and for the civilian average civilian, because I'm a civilian mm-hmm. average mm-hmm. civilian, you know, um, the fact that Veterans Day is in November certainly makes a lot of them uh, think about the veteran community. Um, so I've gotten a ton of things. I put it up on my social media. Anything that seems appropriate for my student veterans, my veteran alumni, anyone that I know in the community, and those might be activities, internships, uh, jobs, job training, mm-hmm. um, things like that. Um, so the companies are are trying um, for sure. Um, there's certainly more that Excellent. people can do, but they are definitely trying. So other than a quality candidate, what, you know, are the companies getting? Are they benefiting from any tax breaks by hiring veterans or anything else, you know, that you know of? You know, there, there are some uh, tax breaks available. I've heard that there, um, you know, it's a lot of paperwork, a lot of bureaucracy, um, mm-hmm. things like okay. that. Um, but uh, I think that the best thing that there is the person that they're getting um, really is, you know, the hire that they're able to make. Having someone who may have been, um, you know, 19 years old and had several people reporting to them already. So they have leadership and supervision experience. Mm -hmm. They were probably responsible for multi-million dollars worth of equipment. Um, They were making life and death decisions, you know, Mm -hmm. and all at a very young age. Um, They Mm -hmm. are not your average college graduate. I Man, I, and what, what's funny is when I tell people I was in the Air Force, they automatically assume I flew a plane. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not a pilot. You know, our jobs are just like they are in the civilian world. Mm-hmm. You know, my job, I was a, a surgical tech. So I worked <laughs> along surgeons in the operating room. You know, we have people 
that work in, you know, in the postal service, there are engineers, there are firefighters. And so we perform the same role, um, but, you know, we do it um, instead of a, for a private company, but for, you know, for our country. Yep. Yeah. You know, as much as we have to tell, explain to civilians that, you know, um, military um, installation has all of those different roles, I find I have to train to the reverse of that too. Even though you have that mindset about the military, when you're talking about a company, um, maybe they look at a company and say, oh, that's an accounting company. Well, they also need this, 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 and this, you know, IT, or yeah, no. yeah, that's a, this company. And I'm like, no, but every company is going to need an accountant, you know? Sure. Um, so I, I'm, I'm training to the same. I think it actually is where um, the advantage is that I've lived on kind of both sides of it. You know, I, I was immersed in the military community as a, as a Navy spouse and mm. I, you know, the rest of my life has been lived on this civilian side so I can you know kind of wave back and forth in between those two but I've had to explain both of those you know I've had to explain to civilians that um, someone who was in the Air Force didn't necessarily fly the plane you know Mm -hmm. that they had all sorts of um, roles and then on the other side I have to tell that same uh, airman that you know this company has all these friends at the hospital you know I mean Mm -hmm. you guys work with the um, with the medical community all the time there are our all sorts of roles there at oh, hospital. Yeah. It's not just that there's doctors and nurses there. And then one thing that I learned even getting into the medical industry was that doctors don't really know how to run a business. So, <laughs> and that, that, that you would think that, man, how can this guy be so smart, but not know how to run a business, but they just don't have the time to. So that's one thing I learned. And yeah. um, that's common across all specialties. It's not just me- medical people know mm-hmm. what they know and they have mm-hmm. to learn how to turn it into a business, you know, yep. their passion might be, um, you know, something in food area, but they have to make that a successful business. You know, it can't just be an idea. It has to be an opportunity. Very true. Very yeah. true. And I think the course that you got are providing is very beneficial for that yeah, as well. Thank you. We certainly try. And then, you know, I'm constantly uh, nudging, getting more uh, military focus in there. I hear that. Um, but before we let you go, I know you're pretty busy. Do you have any um, success stories that you'd like to share with the listeners or any, um, veterans or people considering getting out of the military may hear this podcast like man all right Rutgers is doing this this is what you know this is what's coming up next I definitely got to go check this out yeah because Marcus will not be considered a success story so if you have another one (laughs) that'd be great please he absolutely is a success story come on now (laughs) um but I'm gonna um revisit the topic of our mini MBA business Mm -hmm. management for military and veterans. And the reason is that for 2021, we are going to um, relaunch the program with uh, corporate underwriting. And people will not need to tap into even five days of their GI Bill to take it. Um, So um, with corporate uh, support, we're Mm -hmm. going to have all the expenses for the mini MBA paid for for those um, who apply and are and are admitted to the program. So that I think is um, huge. something that I always wanted. Um, yeah. And very wow. very happy that we're at that point. Well, that's great. Wow. How long did it take to, to make that happen? If you don't uh, mind? just just um, you know five 
<laughs> so long. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you, man, Margaret. That's that's amazing. Yeah. And I think you're very, you're very committed to what you're doing. So I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I absolutely have tons and tons of student success uh, stories and people who've gone on uh, to do wonderful things with their degree or their mini MBA. But I think right now, what I'd want your listeners to know is that it's forthcoming and mm-hmm. that it will be. Um, available online so we'll reach more of a national audience so people who are by you or by me um, Mm -hmm. can all you know potentially take that and even people who are short time still at their duty station Mm -hmm. um, would would likely still be able to to take it that's perfect so for all of the listeners you hear in 2021 this new program is going to be available even if you are considering going to Rutgers and you still just want to be a part and if you're in the GI Bill it will not take directly from your GI Bill so that won't use the time time is of the essence, trust me, because it, it, it gets it gets going quicker than you would expect. That's why I'm really glad what's going on with the STEM program, because yeah. I know that's a big deal. I had to take one of those extra math classes. And it, I mean, it's fun because, you you know, you get to retract, but it's not fun. You got to be somewhere else and, and you're course loading. You have t- nothing but a short amount of time. So, yeah, correct. Yeah. Cause, you know, we're not we're that. not traditional students, mm-hmm. you know, so we already put four years into military. So now we're trying to get our degrees done within a certain amount of time period. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. And thank you so much, Margaret. Um, Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah, it was. I appreciate it. I I really do, really do. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your Monday. And um, thanks for joining us on the MedVeds. So on this episode, Margaret dropped a lot of good gems for uh, the veterans. Uh, We touched on things like, you know, accepting the VA um, programs that Rutgers is is involved with the hospitals in the New Jersey system that Texas needs to get on board with and so much more. Yeah, no, I'm very impressed with the initiative that she has, you know, for the veterans and what she's doing with the university. And I kind of feel disappointed. Mm -hmm. One, I don't think, you know, my alma mater, I'm not going to mention no names right now, (laughs) um, you know, you know, doing anything, you know, to this extent for veterans. And, you know, when I was going to college, you know, there weren't any resources for me. So I really commend, you know, Margaret and what she's doing with uh, with Rutgers. And, you know, I'm a big um, advocate for veterans and make sure that they do well. So mm-hmm. I applaud her for um, doing what, what she's doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so it was a great episode. Thank you for Margaret for joining. And listeners, if you have, subscri- if you have not subscribed, make sure you do so. And uh, stay tuned for a lot of more information that we have coming up with the MedVets in 2021.